The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. From that time on, after Peter confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But he turned and, but he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers... Let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. good. A little more energy. Still tired. That's just going to be a pattern here in the mornings, isn't it? Yeah, that's okay. I know. I am sometimes. It's okay to be tired. It really is. I've got a question for you. What is the center most? What is the most important? What is the, what's the small word for this? What is the best Christian symbol that we have? Yeah. The cross. The cross. Can we find any crosses in here? Yes, there's one up there. Point to them. Yep, there's one on that picture over there. Where else? Yeah, yep, there's a couple. Yep, there's one over there. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yep, on there. On top of that thing. There's one in the, there's a bunch in the bulletin. If you had to guess how many crosses there are in the room, how many would you guess? Yeah. Twenty? Maybe a hundred. Maybe a hundred? I don't know. I honestly have never counted all the cross in, crosses in here. I know there's way more than twenty though. I know there's way more than twenty. So there's a lot. 
there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot more. Now why, I got a question for you, why do we have crosses all over the place? Yeah. Because that's the only Christian symbol that we know best. It's the best one. It's not the only one. It's all about God. Yeah, I think that's a good one. The reason we have crosses all over the place isn't because the cross makes us feel good. After all, Jesus died on the cross, right? The cross shows us how much Jesus loves us. Jesus was willing to give his self to us. God was willing to give God's Son to us. Everything that's good, Jesus could have had. Jesus could have just said, nope, I'm just going to think about myself. I'd rather take a nap. I'm good. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus served people. Jesus gave to people. Jesus was with people, ate and slept and drank, all with the people that needed him the most. One minute. And so, what do you think we should do as Christians? Yeah. Obey God. Yeah. Follow in his footsteps. Follow in his footsteps. What might that look like? What the, what, if, if I was to say, okay, you should all obey God, follow in his footsteps, what would you go do? Yep. Help people, make sure they're okay if they're hurt. Excellent, we're on the right track. I've got a question. What if people are being mean to you? Is the deal off? Yep. Um, you, sh um, you shouldn't be mean to them back. You, you could um, go to a teacher or a grown-up that you trust. Or, um, um, you or you could follow the Walk away, forget about it. You walk away, you tell a teacher. But ultimately, what needs to happen in your heart? Yeah. We're called to love people, even when they are mean to us, even when they're against us. Which is really hard, isn't it? It's hard when people are mean to us. Plenty of people have been mean to me. I remember what that's like, and I still know what that's like. But even when that happens, we pray for them. We try to love them. And we ask God to help us love them, even when we're hurting. Our lives are lives of service, of loving people. Not just because we're supposed to get beat up, that's not it. But because we're supposed to live peaceably with one another and bring good things into the world, just like Christ did. Christ didn't die just to die. Christ died to love and lives to love. So, good news. 
Did Christ stay beat up after he died? Will you stay beat up after you're beat up? Nope. You'll keep on going. You'll keep on living. And you will be able to love, which is good news. Jack, you had a question? Yeah. What was it? Who built this place? I think 1880s was around the cornerstone of the place. We built it in joint construction with the people down at Zion UCC. And so we used to be a church together with them. And eventually we moved up here. The people at Floors Lutheran Church and at Bendersville Lutheran Church and at Benders Lutheran Church all came together to help us build at some point in time or various points. We have had a lot of help a lot of help throughout the whole community to help build the church. And it originally cost $8,500. How many people? I don't know. I didn't count. But it's kind of neat, isn't it? Yeah. It was a lot more. But they raised it all and retired or dedicated the entire building debt-free in its beginning and raised $1,500 on the day of dedication, which is kind of cool. They were strong. And I'm glad they were. Okay, enough history. Should we pray? Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for loving us, for rejoicing with us, for dwelling with us, even in the midst of a really hard calling, you tell us that we should love everybody, but sometimes, God, we don't really want to. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes we're not really happy with what other people are doing. In these times, God, give us strength to be obedient to your will. Give us strength to love and stay with us. Heal us. Bring us peace and comfort when we need it and strength to be as you would be in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. If you ever would like to learn more about the history of Trinity, there's a nice little booklet that was printed up a while ago. I can lend it out to you. I think there's some in the library too. All right. Today's text is a pretty familiar one with a very, very familiar line that Jesus just puts out there for us to wrestle with. It seems like for all of time. Those who want to follow me will pick up their cross. Pick up their cross. This would be a really easy text if Jesus had said anything other than a cross, right? I mean, just insert a couple of images in there. Those who want to be my followers will pick up their hammer and follow me. Oh, that's very different, isn't it? Now all of a sudden we can preach this not in a sense 
like we might have heard it before, but we could preach this in a sense of volunteerism. Use what you have, use your skills and strengths and abilities, and do good in the world. We could do a rah-rah pep rally here in church, send everybody out, and then it'd be done. But that's not the image that God uses. If God in Christ Jesus would have said, you know what? Those who want to be my followers will pick up their spatulas and follow me. One, I bet the communion bread would have a lot more in it than it normally does. And two, once again, we would be calling one another into a sense of volunteerism. Use whatever you have. Use your gifts, skills, and abilities. Go out and do some good. Whoever wants to be my followers, pick up their pen. We see a lot of letters to the editor. We probably see a whole lot more Facebook posts. But that's not what we have in front of us. We have pick up your cross. Or their crosses. Cross. It is our centermost image as a Christian church. And it's not because we have an image of Jesus willingly wanting the cross. After all, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, if this cup, if it be your will, have this cup pass by me, but my, not my will, but yours. Jesus did not want the cross. No one does. No one wants the cross. No one wants the cross. The cross, never forget, the cross is a means of taking life, not giving it. The cross is a means of killing someone. God managed to turn it into something else, but primarily and solely it is an instrument of murder, of death. This is the image at the center of our church. Not the self-giving of life, but the taking of it. Why? Why pick up a cross? Why would we do this act where we've already seen what happens to Jesus? Jesus is healing. Jesus is good. Jesus is feeding. Jesus is praying with. Jesus is talking with all the people of the world. And that doesn't sit right with those in power, with those in authority, with those of influence in society. Chief priests, scribes, Pharisees, elders, it doesn't matter what circle you are in. There's a wide range of people in power that did not have a kind heart towards this kind of thing. And in that, they said, kill him. Not throw him in jail. Not set him aside. Kill him. And they did. And we did. Why would we do good things for a world that will continue to say, kill him. Jesus 
just got done telling his disciples that he is going to go to Jerusalem, undergo great suffering, and die. And then he calls all of his disciples to do the same thing. In the best of circumstances, this could seem reckless. In the most obvious of circumstances, this seems foolish. You don't chase after death. It'll find you quick enough. So what are we being called to do? We're called to pick up our cross. We're called to engage with this central element of our faith. The past month, we've had texts that call us into obedience. That's call, call us into faithfulness. That call us into action beyond maybe our own wants and desires. That's the cross. Should we be called to die? Die. And quite honestly, Luther would say, we are called to die. That's our baptismal calling. Every day, we drown the old creature, we rise again, and then we, we just live in that tension between saint and sinner, between the old creature and the new. If you're called to die, die. But whatever you are called to do, do it. As Christians in the world, it is not an option to listen to the cries of the poor. It's not an option to listen to the cries of the oppressed. It's not an option to listen to the cries of those who need healing. It's not an option to listen to the cries of those in our very midst. It is simply what God would do. And the cross is not an option. It is the mark of a follower of Jesus. So, knowing how the world is, having read way more news articles than I've ever wanted to read in my life, simply because I think it's part of the job, Understanding that most of you in here have way more life experience than I do, and this probably seems more and more dumb as life goes on. You are called to give your life to the world. Everything. So, I think the best way of doing this is to do it together. To do it as the body of Christ. That's what I believe a congregation is. A congregation is, yes, a great social atmosphere, one that I love immensely. But primarily, a congregation is a group of people picking up their crosses and helping one another to do so. Because if I'm on my own, left to my own work, I don't pick up my cross very well. When I see you all staring at me, and when you see me staring back, I pick up my cross a little more fully, with a little more vigor, with a little more faithfulness.
you keep telling me to die, and I'll keep telling you to die, and my grace will live. This week, every week, listen to the voices of those who are crying out. I don't care if you agree with them or not. Jesus didn't agree with the Syrophoenician woman when she cried out. Still listened. Jesus didn't agree with the woman who touched his cloak immediately. Still listened. Jesus didn't agree with a lot of the people crying out. Jesus didn't agree. Jesus didn't even agree at the end of engaging with the rich young ruler who approached Jesus. Still listened. Still talked with. Every single person crying out. Every single person in this world looking for help hope, relief. Listen. Listen. If you find yourself in that own spot, cry out. As a congregation, as a church, this is our calling. It is my hope. It's my privilege to be a part of this group. Should you need any help in any of life picking up your cross, this is where you start. We mentioned the cup in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I think the cup is a great place to find the fruit of such an endeavor. The cup that Jesus passed around that night is a cup of blessing for us. The cup that Jesus passed around that night is a cup of welcome for us, is a cup of grace for us, is a cup of salvation for us. So I want you to see what happens when you give your life, when you pick up your cross, when God acts in and through and with that. Anyone can die. But when we're giving our lives, as we're giving our lives, Christ is there with us, among us, and through us, creating something good out of it. Jesus picked up his cross, and the cup of salvation has been poured for us ever since. We pick up our crosses, and the world hears from the church once again that there is grace and there is love, and there is a calling not to be self-centered, not to be ignorant of the poor, of the sick, of the suffering. There is a calling for the world to be loving to one another. And as we pick up our crosses, that is the voice of God for the world. You have been blessed to hear this voice from the cup. The world will be blessed as by grace we pick up our own crosses. I don't want this job. I don't want this cross. But we'll pick it up together. Thanks be to God for the church. Thanks be to the God for the cup of suffering and blessing. Amen.